0: Hello and welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour, Cedar Hill ISD's podcast about scholars, staff, and community. Our guests will be individuals from the district and the community. This podcast is for anyone interested in expanding their knowledge of all things CHISD. Hello, this is Michael Sudhalter with the Horns Up Half Hour podcast, the official podcast of Cedar Hill ISD. This week we have a very special guest, uh, Chris Curtis with Rockwall ISD. As many of you know, our Cedar Hill Longhorns are taking on the Rockwall Heath uh, Hawks. And, um, you know, it's great to have Chris here on the podcast to talk to us a little bit about the game. So welcome, Chris.
1: Absolutely. Mike, Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. So Chris and I go back a little ways. We met in 2017 at the TSPRA uh, Conference, which is Texas School Public Relations Association and um I believe that year it was down in Galveston so we met there and I had been working in a district in the Houston area a little foray district and then now um you know in March before all the right before all the pandemic started and everything I I uh, started at Cedar Hill March 2nd so um so now we're kind of neighbors here and we were supposed to play uh, Rockwall High School in the first game of the year and then you know, COVID canceled that, so that um, that didn't happen. But um, you know, I'm pretty excited about this game. How about you, Chris?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a. Uh, I don't even know if you want to label the Hawks as a Cinderella story right now. I think a lot of people outside of the area would probably label them as a as a Cinderella right now. But I think this team has. You know, I've noticed throughout the last several weeks, is the word belief has kind of been belief and believe are the two words that are really being thrown around a lot. And I think this team is you know, not really scared of anybody at this point. And I know that um, that this Saturday is going to be probably their biggest test of the year, um, minus maybe South Lake Carroll in the regular season. But, you know, as you know, the regular season plays a lot different than it does uh, in a winter go home situation. But, yeah, it's really exciting. And, uh, you know, Peter Hill has a dominant history of, of being a top program here in the state of Texas. And uh, I don't think there's any other way you want to put your program on the map by, you know, going against Peter Hill. So it's going to be exciting.
0: So what is the feeling in, um, in the Heath community about uh, playing Cedar Hill?
1: You know, I, went, I was at practice yesterday, um, kinda getting the feel of everything. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's loose, it's fired up, um, it's, it's focused. Um, I don't think I've ever really seen a team this just di- dialed in at the moment. Um, you know, I feel like I said earlier, a lot of people did not expect for them to be here, but they did. And um, I don't think they really are scared of anybody at this point. Um, I think they're just going to go out and see what they can do. I mean, I think a lot of people thought last week Bridgeland was going to just run all over them, hadn't lost a game all year, you know, number seven in the state. And, you know, it just it just was a dominant performance by the Rockwell Heat Nothing against, you know, what Bridgeland put out there. They, they had a great game. Um, but Rockwell Heat just found a way, and they kept just pushing and pushing and pushing, and it seemed like it was just, it was just poetry emotion motion in a way, and that's kind of how this team has kind of gone about their
0: playoff run right now. And, and I expect nothing less here coming up here against Peter Hill. Yeah, and I saw that score on Twitter on Saturday, and I thought not to think that you know Heath didn't have a chance to win because I certainly thought they did. But just you know, by the sheer number of points they were leading by, was just um, you know, it was uh, kind of surprised me a bit to see that. I was like, wow, they're. Not only are they defeating this Bridgeland team, but they're, um, you know, doing it pretty convincingly, which kind of brings up another point is, um, you know, being in the Houston area, um, you know, you would hear about a lot of schools from DFW not have a chance to see them a whole lot. But being up here, you really get a sense of how dominant um, the level of football is in this region.
1: Absolutely. And this, uh, this this division, I mean, goes 4-0 against the Houston schools. I just showed you... Um, that the transition of power might be blooming here in the Dallas area. Um, obviously, when you have your 6A Division One, you obviously have you know those schools in Houston that not always compete for a for a state championship. Um, but it's wide open here in, in, in Division Two, and I'm really excited to see you know hopefully that a Dallas team will be able to raise that trophy here. And it sounds weird to say, but mid-January <laughs> at Texas or Cowboys uh, Cowboys AT&T Stadium. So. Um, it's just been a weird year, um, but I think if it's a weird year, you might as well go out and bang and try to win it all this year.
0: So, is Rockwall in the community of in Rockwall ISD? Does Rockwall Heath maybe not get some of the respect that maybe Rockwall High School does, just because they're more established and everything?
1: I mean, I think when you when you look at the two schools, Rockwall Heath is kind of the baby brother.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, both football programs have kind of taken their turn in the spotlight, obviously. You know, Rockwell Heath was dominant when they first began their their second year um, playing varsity football. They're right back where we are right now in the regional finals. Um, so that was the furthest they've ever been with, like the Kendall Lawrence and all that. Um, you might recognize that name as a former Dallas Cowboy, actually. Um,
0: what was the name again?
1: Kendall Lawrence. He was the running back, but he did not play in that regional final. He did go down and get hurt. Oh, um, wow. the game. Uh, and this is back, you know, back to Texas. Was so this has been a long time coming right 2008 um,
0: i saw that that was the last yep. last time they made it but um the you know, rockwell
1: heat has had their wins against rockwall in, in the regular season they they weren't rivals for about six years um they took a break because of just a realignment which was really strange um they got back together a couple of years ago um you know rockwell heat has won their fair share of those rockwell has won the last three i believe um and, you know, Rockwell Heath has not even been in the playoffs since they've joined 6A. This was their first year they won a 6A playoff game. Um, so, I mean, this is the first year they've, they've averaged more than 10 wins. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, last year we had the fun with Rockwell. They made it to the to the fifth round. They were regional final champions last year and obviously went down to um, Duncanville in round five. But, you know, Rockwell Heath's kind of fun. You kind of switched the table this year, and now you have the Hawks, you know, going this route. So... Um, it's been it's fun with Rockwell. I think both sides obviously have their, their they want to beat each other, but I think when one team gets going, they, they all kind of pull together and cheer. So I hope we have a, a nice crowd, COVID safe, obviously, um, here on Saturday for a lot of Rockwell fans coming out and supporting um, the Hawks as the uh, Hawks fans did last year for Rockwall. So.
0: Well, where does it rank like with the rivalries in this area and in the state?
1: You know, I, I've heard a lot of football. I've heard a lot of rivalries. I mean, I've been doing this since, you know, I was in high school. So um, this one is just it's, – it's intense and it's different because a lot of these kids grow up together. They're playing, you know, Little League baseball together. They're playing, you know, peewee football. So a lot of these kids know each other. And I think at the end of the day, it's, it's a friendly rivalry. It's, it's super intense, don't get me wrong. But I think at the end of the day, they're still shaking hands. They're still – you know, you're not seeing the extreme trash talk on on Twitter and social media. Uh, I think you're seeing a massive uh, respect for for both these programs with each other, and um, I think that's what you want in a rivalry, especially you know being so close to each other. Um, you know, these kids know each other, um, and, and they want to cheer each other on. And um, it always goes to question if, if this was a one high school town, how dominant would this team be? Right.
0: Um,
1: yeah. A lot of state championships around here, but. To see both programs going in the right direction and being, you know, on the cusp of greatness is, is really something exciting to watch, um, especially since I joined here seven years ago. So it's exciting to see these two teams, you know, be back in the limelight. And, you know, obviously Rockwell has their, has their spotlight, and they've earned that spotlight. Um, so now you see Rockwell Heath and, and Coach Mike Spradlin has really put them here on the cusp of, of doing something really great in second year.
0: Okay, and like you said about kind of the intense but friendly rivalry, we kind of see that in the Best Southwest region with Cedar Hill, Duncanville, and DeSoto. And um, also you got in 5A of Red Oak. So after the Cedar Hill played Duncanville really close, I know it was a two-touchdown game, but it was, you know, in the fourth quarter Cedar Hill had their chances to win. And then after the game, uh, Cedar Hill's quarterback, Caden Salter, who we had on this podcast um, last month, said um tweeted something you know encouraging duncanville to go win the 6a division one and um you know a lot of people are talking about possibly duncanville is division one in the division one game and cedar hill in the division two game so um that's a possibility as well absolutely
1: and you, and you look at that that robbery of cedar hill duncanville DeSoto, soto and those guys and, and that's some. i'm playing on staying for that game the duncanville the soto game after our game mm-hmm. uh that's Really good football, and it can be nasty at times. Um, that's the uh, that's the pinnacle of, of high school football, I think, especially with those two teams. And, and going against teams like Dunga you walk out on that field and you see who you're playing. It's just like you're playing a college team. I mean, those guys are huge, um, drone men, and they know how to play the game of football. And um, you know, I think it's good for our kids. I think it's good to see what you need to become to become great, especially in six A football. It's just a new breed. And I think it, it helps, you know, humble our guys and say, okay, this is where we want to go. This is where we want to be. And uh, that's exactly, I think, the route that, that these two schools for I see are, are going in for sure.
0: Okay. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, both you have you and I have been, you know, around uh, high school sports for a long time, whether it was in the journalism world or now, of course, you know, working for the school district, but um, you know, COVID-19 really changed everything. So, how has it kind of changed things for you as far as the way that you, you know, approach sports and, and uh, cover some of these sports?
1: You know, I, I think the one word to sum it all up and I, I think you could probably agree with me, it's just been weird. The whole season has just been absolutely weird. You don't know if you're playing the next week. Uh, when we started out you did you couldn't you couldn't grapple with guys. I mean, I went to a practice, you know, in early I guess it was late July, early August and the guys weren't able to even, you know, tackle. They weren't able to you know, touch each other and feel the game of football. It was just a bunch of drills. And so I think you're sitting on the sidelines here going, how are these guys going to get acclimated to playing football if you can't, you know, play football? Um, And then you kind of slowly get going. And then obviously, you know, uh, the Cedar Hill Rockwell game doesn't happen. And you're like, okay, here we go. It's kind of going to be a a weird year. And then, you know, this year was even weirder for me because I had my wedding uh, the week, I think the week you and I were supposed to play Rockwell and Rockwell and Cedar Hill.
0: Right. And
1: had the wedding involved in there, then the honeymoon, then we got COVID. Uh, um, so it was, kind of, it was just a weird, I mean, it was, you really never felt settled. I think we we're finally starting to get settled right now. Um, but it was just a weird year. I mean, you didn't know if you were playing that week. Obviously, the, the stands are, are empty for the most part. I mean, there are fans of the stands, but it just feels, it feels like you're lacking something. Um, I mean, you're not allowed to get, you know, photos of. fans without masks on if they hopefully have their masks on you have to do a lot of things that maybe you didn't think of prior to COVID-19
0: right um
1: all in all it's just it's just weird it's just been a weird year um and I'm sure you get attached to the same thing it's just been weird
0: yeah I mean especially just um coordination of just different events and things like that you see how hard our coaches and our athletic director and our athletic staff are working just to give these kids the opportunity. And I mean, the kids have really bought in as well to um, all those safety protocols.
1: Absolutely. And I think you get credit to AEDs for really going in and, and making sure this thing works out and, and the coaches as well. And, you know, I noticed, you know, in the weight rooms, everybody's spread out, everybody's wearing masks and um, everyone's really trying to do their part to the slow the spread of it um, and still be able to have a, a season. Yeah. Um, so it's been, re- it's been really outstanding to see how all that's kind of come into play. And, how you know they've bought into it like i said it's all been bought into and uh they want to keep playing at the end of the day it's the reason we're doing this so these kids can play and uh the reason we did that is the reason why they're still able to play right now so it's been
0: awesome right so the um globe life park and i know you're a metroplex guy um you know when i was living in houston for the 12 years i was in houston um i would come up on occasion to go see a game there and it was always you know i've been to Probably 18, 19 ballparks, but uh, Globe, uh, Globe Life, or I know it had been called various other names during the course of its uh, existence. But um, you know, I always appreciated that venue. And then, actually, the the first day of March, I got to cover an XFL game at the venue, and it was Dallas versus Houston. And then, you know, the rivalry was uh, they were trying to build up that rivalry at the time. But um this is, you know, kind of interesting as a um, as a football venue. What do you think about it?
1: Yeah, I think for most of us that grew up in the area, I think it really only has one name. It's the Ballpark in Arlington. That's okay, kind of how we we've, we've
0: yeah. It.
1: <laughs> so it's always been called that. I don't know if it had a number of names from like a Merry Quest, the Rangers Ballpark, the you know Globe Life and the Globe or whatever you want to call it. But for us that grew up. You know when that stadium opened, it's, it's the ballpark, Arlington. Us uh, still to this day.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, you're going to a baseball stadium to watch a football game. Um, I have not been to the venue. The Last time I was there was um, the last game of the year between the Yankees and Rangers. So um, I have not been there as a football fan. Um, so it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird walking the halls where you know the Rangers walk and here you are, you know, with football. Um, and I know our guys have not played there before. I mean, obviously. Um, so it's going to be a, a fun experience. I think it's going to be interesting and I'm glad they figured out something to, to keep of that stadium because it's so historical and everybody in the DFW Metroplex loves that stadium, no matter if it's 120 degrees outside. Um, but that's, that's the house that, you know, we, we went to two world series in. And, you know, you have all sorts of magical moments there. And I think a lot of fans didn't want that thing to come down. Um, so yeah, really it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And I know the kids are really fired up to play in it. Um, and then obviously in two weeks, they want to play across the streets there at AT&T.
0: Well, uh, Cedar Hill does have history in the stadium. They played their first game of the year there because obviously as, as we discussed, the rock ball game was um, canceled this year. So our first game ended up being Arlington high school, who was ranked 24th or 25th at the time. It was a close game. We were down at half, I believe or um, and it was close. And then we, came back and won 28-21. Of course, Arlington, I don't think they continued to be in the top 25, but I think they made the playoffs and won a game. So it was kind of a um, neat opportunity to go there because, of course, when you're at lower capacity, um, obviously lower capacity there is a heck of a lot more people than you know in our standard uh, high school stadium. So it was a good experience for the Longhorns the first time you know, they played at uh, Globe Life, which was, it'll be, come Saturday, it'll be exactly three months since that went over Arlington.
1: Absolutely, and it's, you know, you have that advantage of knowing, you know, what the lay of the land is there. Obviously, the Hawks love playing at the Plain Stadium. Uh, they've, you know, that was their home for the last two weeks down where, where the Baylor Bears play, so.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, great venue, a, too, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, you have a feel of the land, you, you know, you know, all the little tricks of the trade out there, so. Um, that definitely would point an advantage uh, there for Cedar Hill for sure.
0: So one team that I have to talk about is um, our one common opponent, which of course is Tyler Legacy. Um, Cedar Hill played them 45-0, to so it was hard for me to kind of grasp anything of that uh, Tyler Legacy Red Raider offense just because Cedar Hill was so dominant that day. Um, I know it was probably a different kind of game. Tell me about what it was like when um, when you guys played them.
1: You know, Tyler Legacy has always kind of been the thorn in, in Rockwell Heath, you know, really their season. Obviously last year uh, you get them at home, it's a rainy night, and, you know, they end up winning by, I believe it was like five or six, and uh, that was the reason why the Hawks were not actually in the playoffs with that loss right there. Um, so this year beating Tyler Legacy was something that they really had on their board um, the start of the year. Mike um, Stroud put on the board, so we, we, we got to go out there, we got to beat Tyler Legacy because that's going to decide where we go and um, you know, they kind of went back and forth really it was out obviously there in Rose Stadium and Tyler and um, it was kind of a back and forth game um, but the, the Hawk offense was able to really dial in and I think the thing about this Rockwell Heat team is going into the season and going throughout the season it was always questions on the defense would the defense show up? What, we know they can score um, and they can score with the best of them. I think they're one of the top offensive powers here um, in the state of Texas but can they stop people? I think the defense has really kind of quieted all those you know, rumors the last couple weeks um, by shutting down some of these powerful offenses. I mean, you look at Temple, you look at especially at Bridgeland. They could fire with the best of them. Um, and and Rockwell Heat holds it at 24. Um, I, that, that's really impressive. Um, so I think when you see, you know, when Rockwell Heat takes on Cedar Hill this week, I think it's really a battle of a team that can slow offenses down in Cedar Hill versus a team that can can light it up with the best of them, like Rockwell Heath. I think when those two clash and Clyde, we're going to see, you know, gonna something's got to give. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a fun, fun game. Um, but I, going back to your question, that Tyler's legacy win was really what catapulted this team um, into where they are right now.
0: Right. And I was looking up this, the Rockwell Heath stats on max preps because every week I do kind of a, um, game notes for Cedar Hill, and I saw these – Statistics just, uh, and I know they've had a couple more games than we have, but um, the statistics just jumped off the, the chart. It was like looking at video game statistics with the quarterback at thirty five touchdowns, I think, and some. And then I said, oh, "Okay, I bet they're like a Texas Tech, just you know the way Texas Tech used to be, just pass all the time. They pro- they probably don't have much in the way of running stats." And then I saw y'all have two um, ball carriers who've carried the ball more than twelve hundred yards. So I mean, it's just. Um, the numbers are really there, and have any of these kids committed to colleges?
1: You know, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Um, they're they're getting books, and I know the the two wide receivers um, are really starting to get. You know, all these kids are young; they're juniors. Um, you have a few freshmen or a few seniors out there. Um, the big one is Corbin Cleveland. He still doesn't have a one offer yet. I know that um, the tides are trickling in his favor, especially with all the stats he's putting up here. Um, lately, but you're really your 2020, um, 2022 class is going to be the one that's really going to be exciting for Rockwell Heath. Um, so it really excites a lot of hot fans is knowing that these guys are coming back for round three next year. Uh, the two wide receivers are brand new this year, um, but Josh Hoover was, was was throwing them out there as a sophomore. Uh, it's fun here at Rockwell I see We have two quarterbacks that are leading the area. Um and, and all these stats, Josh Hoover obviously off at at Rockwell heat and Brandon Mock over at Rockwall. Um, those two guys are gonna have tremendous uh, senior seasons next year. I know a lot of D one schools are looking at them. Um, but but right now it's the Josh Hoover is now in the limelight, obviously being in the in the fourth round, so he's getting his taste right now and in, in his first playoff run.
0: Okay, so now is kind of the fun part of this podcast. We get to make our predictions, um on the game so you being the guest on the podcast I'll let you go first
1: oh man I really I, predictions are hard especially in high school football um I think if you were to ask me a couple couple months ago would all Heath be in round four I would have probably said no um I would have probably not have agreed I thought they would are definitely a playoff team I thought they were definitely an area champion type of football team um but they have quieted all of all the, the outside haters and Um, Just watching the swagger of this team is extremely impressive. You see, you you go through what Rockwall went through last year, and you see that drive, you see what they were about. Um, It was a humble experience for Rockwall. They went up there and they just, you know, they were carried by Jackson Smith last year and and Brayden Locke, and that defense was shutting teams down left and right. It was a really fun season last year. This season you see this, like I mentioned earlier, you see the Cinderella type of story. Um, you see this coach that's come in and just has completely revamped the image of this team. Um, and it's just incredible to watch. It's incredible to hear those kids use the word believe over and over and over again. Um, I've never heard a team use that word so much, uh, especially in all their interviews and whatnot. Um, I, I, I'm going to be a homer. I think Rockwell Heat's going to get it done. I really think they do. I think if they win this game. Uh, they're going to find themselves at AT&T Stadium here in two weeks. So um, what's the score?
0: What's the score that you would put on it?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. I think he's going to give up a few touchdowns. Um, I think, I think he's going to find a way to score some touchdowns. I really like Rockwall. He's to win thirty-eight, uh, thirty-five, and win a close one at the Globe uh, this Saturday.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to be a homer as well and go with Cedar Hill at forty-five to forty. So, yeah, so it looks like we're kind of in the same. We both think, you know, it's going to be a good high scoring game. Um, It was similar to in our DeSoto game but we won 49 to 42. So that was another high scoring game as well. Of course, Caden Salter had the six touchdowns in that one. And he's really put the team on his back and the season, um, his 40 touchdowns overall. So it's been a heck of a year for both teams and looking forward to a great game. But um, as we look forward to that, I hope that she'll um, come back on the podcast, um, you know, come August when we're getting ready to uh, prepare for the Cedar Hill Rockwall game in Cedar Hill.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to see about that. And hopefully we get kind of things back to normal here pretty soon and, and uh, get ready to rock and roll. I know the Rockwall kids are really excited about playing Cedar Hill little bit up the season. So, um, you know, we'll just kind of see what happens and, and keep hoping we're moving forward here.
0: Yeah, hopefully, we can um, do that. Hopefully, things will be normal enough to that point where we can uh, do that one in person, have a lunch or something like that where we meet somewhere and then re- record the podcast. And uh, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks again. That was uh, Chris Curtis from Rockwall ISD. And um, we know Saturday is going to be a great game. So, we wish both teams the best of luck. And, um,